you guys. I'm so glad to have a special guest with us. If you guys have not heard of him before, you're going to be in for a treat because Mr. Seth Lopez has done a lot of great things, I believe, with his voice and with his impact with music, and I'm so glad to have him here as a guest. Seth is a singer, songwriter, and producer born and raised in San Francisco, California, whose pop blues-driven guitar style has carved the landscape, allowing for a new age revival of guitar-driven music. He started off creating music in his bedroom studio and continues to mix, write, and produce his own music with the help of professionals. He released his first album, you guys, at age 14 with some friends from high school when they recorded it in his ninth grade classroom. And you guys don't want to know I was doing in ninth grade, but I definitely wasn't recording music, but I think that's really cool. And ever since then, Seth has written most of his music in Logic Pro with the help of his Martin guitar and his Stratocaster. Seth hopes to use his lyrics and guitar to connect with people about the experience of life. And he loves collaborating, performing, and meeting new people as well. And we're so glad, Seth, to have you here on Black Canvas. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Well, I'm really excited, too, because I came up with some fun questions, you guys, for him based on some songs he's released. And then we're going to kind of dive deep into what kind of gave him the, this passion for music. So if you're ready, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions with the titles of some songs and give me your first answer. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. He's like, he's like I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> All right. Palms. Palms are sweaty, but let's go. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is heaven was real. Can you tell us your definition of heaven on earth? And if you have the opportunity to see a family member that you've lost again right now, what would you want to say to that person? And what would you want them to say back to you? That's a good question. <laughs> you know, I think, I don't know if you relate to this, but I'm the kind of person who like really gets affected by weather. So if it's like a super sunny day, um, like that'll affect my mood and I get, you know, really happy and I'm like all for it. But if it's like rainy, kind of like, you know, overcast or like a dreary day, I, uh, I like don't really want to do anything. So I guess for that first part of that question, you know, heaven on earth really first has to do with the weather <laughs> you know living in california it's uh the sun and you know getting everything uh being outside and being at the beach that's kind of my perfect day you know so heaven on earth is perfect weather i gotta have like some sort of like you know music going on in the background but um that's kind of in a nutshell, weather, perfect day, <laughs> just for me. I don't know if you relate to that at all in any way. <laughs> I wish I could relate to that, but in Louisiana, we have hot, humid <laughs> weather, and like, it's like, oh, man, like, you wake up in the morning. The good thing is, I don't have long hair anymore. I used to have longer hair, and I would look like Don King by the end of the evening, because it would just <laughs> sit up. <laughs> well... <laughs> I definitely uh, know that I'm spoiled here. So I do not take it for granted. I'll just say that. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, that's kind of my definition of heaven on earth. Perfect, perfect sunny weather in California. And I'm spoiled and, you know, that's okay. 
That's cool. Now, can you tell me about the second part of that? Like a family member you've lost, what would you want to say to that person? And what would you want them to say back to you if there's someone that really stands out to you? You know, my kind of closest family member that I lost um, was probably my grandma. She actually lived with us. Um, And when I was younger and when I was just getting into music, she was all for me, you know, pursuing this dream and this passion that I had. So I would go into her room at night and I would, uh, you know, she'd be in her bed watching golf. She was a huge Tiger Woods fan and uh, she'd be watching golf. And then I would bring my guitar in and I'd be like, grandma, listen to this song that I learned. And she'd be like, oh, Seth, that's so good. And she was always there to support me. And I was always scared of singing. And she always kind of encouraged me to sing for her. And uh, she never really got to see me um, like, really play live or she never got to see me you know grow as a musician um like to where I am today even though you know I'm still trying to get my name out there you know she just never really got to see that part so I would I would kind of just want to show her like hey grandma like look what we did you know kind of just uh to have her see like you know the stuff that I've been doing and and how important she played um how important of a role she played you know in, in helping me get to where I am so I would definitely want to uh, have a nice dinner with her and uh, just talk about music, you know? I love that, Seth. And I think like when we have family members that mean the most, most to us and that experience, it's hard moving forward because your mind goes to, I want to be happy, but then it's a part of you that longs for that person to be next to you or for them to really physically sit there with you. And I know, of course, spiritually, I have a belief system that, I will hopefully talk to them and see them again in a certain point in my life. But I know that that's the hardest thing of when you do get older, especially if you lose them at a younger age, it does impact you as a human being. And you feel like a lot of that time had been stolen. But I always look back, um, especially my grandfather, I remember, and grandmother, things that they taught me, sayings that they used to say and things they would do. And it just, it reminds me of who I am today as an adult. And I like to just pay that forward. So I'll crack a joke and say something my grandfather would say, because he used to stutter a lot. So it was just so fun, like when <laughs> I was younger. He's like, and he would just, and I was like, and I was like, wait, what did you say? And he was like, really? And he would give me that look like, I know you're not doing that right now. But it was, it was a fun joke that we did together. So it was something I'll always remember. But, you know, it's just something that you just move forward and you, you take with you all those positive traits for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I had a, I had a stutter when I was younger growing up and it was, it was really bad. It's like my brain would be going so fast, but I wouldn't be able to, you know, get the words out. So I totally uh, understand that. (laughs) Yeah. And the best part about like you saying is like with music, that's your way of like being able to, you know, evoke a a certain passion and commitment to your lyric. And that's what I love about singer songwriters because you guys can do so many different things and just be as creative as you like to be. And no one has to know, you know? So I love that you were able to kind of work through it. Yeah. And it's funny, like you said, like as I've gotten older, like music, it's, you know, I didn't really have like a lot going on in my life growing up. I mean, you know, I had a, an, I had an amazing family and I was definitely, you know, very blessed with the things that I had. But as I've gotten older, you know, and, and you experience things and go through life, music, has definitely become that place where you run to, to try to, you know, cope with things. And it's been a really relaxing 
uh, it's been really relaxing to play music and to like kind of get away. And it, it wasn't really like that for me in the beginning, you know, it was more of just like a hobby and like, oh, like, you know, I, I want to impress people, you know, things like that. And uh, as I got older and, and life got harder, it was like, okay, music is music is life <laughs> you know this is this is how i can escape and how i can deal with things and uh yeah that's kind of what music became to me as i got older you know i love that thank you for sharing that with us i think that's that's something that you know we can strive to hopefully get to that point all of us in our careers that we can find something that we have a passion for but to just go with it full throttle and just know that as long as i'm doing something i'm passionate about and I feel like I'm making an impact in my life and someone else's, then it's worth doing it for sure. Yeah, it was, it was tough at first because I had a, uh, I had like a problem with kind of comparing myself to others. Um, like, you know, when you go on Instagram and you're watching guitar videos, the algorithm will just show you a bunch of guitar players and there are some mad guitar players out there with some crazy skills, you know? So I, that was just, growing up that was really hard for me to wrap my mind around like oh I'm not the only person out there and you know as I got older music became more of like oh like this is my thing and it doesn't really matter you know how good I am or you know doesn't really matter how good other people are just doing it together and and getting through it that way has been awesome you know I love that. Yeah, I, I really, really, and I love music and I love musicians who, who have a passion for what they do. So it kind of goes into another question for you. Yes, hit me. <laughs> Out of pocket. So if you could choose one city in the world to travel to and you only have $5,000 to spend, where would you go and who would you take with? $5,000, very specific amount, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think, um, gosh, I would probably go honestly somewhere in like Hawaii or like somewhere in like Fiji, um, like a, definitely a warm tropical place with really warm water. I a hundred, and I would probably do like all the touristy things that you could do, you know, like when you go to like a shop and they're like, Oh, like here's all the tourist things. And, you know, we have all these packages. I would get like the biggest package and I would probably do like a helicopter ride. I would definitely go snorkeling. I would like take a boat out and uh, like to the middle of the ocean, maybe even swim with sharks. I'm not sure about that one yet. I might need a cage. I don't know about free diving or anything like that, but that would be sick. Um, but yeah, I would probably zip line too. So that is definitely what I would do. And honestly, I would probably have a really nice dinner somewhere, you know, and uh, if I had 5,000 bucks, that's probably what I would do with it. <laughs> I love that. And you know, the best part you said, Seth, is it seems like you're an adventure, almost an adventure seeker. And I think that's great. Um, I know for me, I would probably use the majority on like a long either an Alaskan cruise or going to different countries. Like, like I think there's one cruise where you can go almost like, I think it was almost a month I heard, which I, I know after a while I probably would get bored. But yeah, I've gone on a lot of cruises <laughs> and that is some of the most fun I've ever had. And, you know, you get to stop at one place and you're at sea, you know, and then you get to do stuff on the boat and there's so much entertainment. And so for me, I probably would use it there. Or if not, I always wanted to go to Ireland for some reason. And so that probably would be a place if I traveled, I would go. <laughs> Dude, well, 
okay, the cruise is all you can eat buffet. I've only been on one. That changed my life. <laughs> that was that was incredible. Also, I lived in Australia for a bit, and my roommate was from Ireland, and he had such a heavy accent. It was kind of hard to understand him, but as we lived together throughout the years, it got a little bit easier. Um, so that's that's kind of funny. That is funny. I had no idea about that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was eighteen, I graduated high school, and um, I was like, dude, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I tried going to junior college, and um, it was like. I don't know, like just wasn't for me at the time. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I bought a plane ticket. I said, mom, I'm going to Australia. I lived in Australia for a couple of years, played music, surfed every day. It was, uh, it was the time of my life. Let me tell you. That's the time of anyone's life at 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, yeah. Thankfully I had a decent job so I could at least, you know, like pay for it. Cause you know, I wasn't really and too much help because um, it was something, you know, I wanted to do on my own and it was time to be on my own. So I got a decent job. I got a transfer through work and then that allowed me to, you know, get a place. And I was doing music school down there at the time um, and met people from all over the world. And it was uh, a good experience to have, at, you know, at, at a young age like that. I love that. And I'm so glad your family supported you in making that decision as well. Oh, my family is awesome. My parents, shout out to my parents if you're listening to this right now. Hey, love you guys. <laughs> well, we love, we love them too. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Gotta love our parents. Absolutely. All right. So our next question is, I just don't like you. So this is kind of different than mm -hmm. what we talked about. We love his family, but this is a song, you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. It came, it came from a place, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. So was there ever a time that you didn't have self-confidence in yourself or if you ever were bullied growing up by others? And if so, how did you work to develop your self-worth and find your purpose in life? So 100%. Like I definitely picture myself as a guitar player and like a singer-songwriter. I never really pictured myself as a singer. So that was something that I struggled with for years. Like I did, I couldn't even sing in front of my family. Um, and, uh, one time I, I had a teacher, his name is Chuck Fleming. And, uh, I told him I wrote songs. So he invited me into his classroom and said, sing, you know, like sing me one of your songs. And I did. And he was like, dude, uh, this is awesome. Like you have to do this. So then I ended up singing at one of our like school showcases and that was in eighth grade. And that was the first time where I went, Oh, I love this. I want to do this forever you know, and, but still, even after that, um, it took a long time to gain my self-confidence up with singing. You know, I just never felt comfortable singing. I, I felt comfortable playing guitar and writing songs and producing and mixing and all that stuff, but I could definitely play guitar live, but singing was, uh, it was, it was a rough road. So <laughs> I, uh, uh, ended up taking singing lessons for a bit because I needed to, I needed to get in shape. So I did singing lessons and that definitely helped. And my vocal coach, Bandy, uh, was incredible. So that was the self-confidence part. And what was the, what was the second part of that question? Um, well, the first part was um, talking about, did you have self-confidence um, issues? And then the second part was, how did you work to develop self-worth and find your purpose? 
Yeah, I think like, I still don't know my purpose, honestly. <laughs> and uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, my purpose, like, I definitely know I want to make music and I want to be a musician. Um, as far as like bigger picture, bigger purpose, I think there's just so much more. I mean, I know we're talking about music, but I think there's so much more than music in general. You know, like, yeah, we love playing music and we're talking about music right now. But I think there is so much more you know there's a bigger picture than just that you know and it's not really about me um so that's kind of how I feel about that and I'm still trying to figure that out and as I'm getting older again you know it's it's not becoming easier yet it's definitely a roller coaster you know with things that life throws at you so trying to walk through that is uh definitely fun if you have the right mindset you know that's right. And like I said, I'm getting closer to 40 than I ever thought I would. I'm only a few years away. And I just know, like, I, f I don't look f the age I am, but I feel it. And I'm like, as time goes on, I'm like, wow, you know, like how much life have I lived in these last couple of years? And it also just reminds me of just being happy and, and thankful, which kind of leads into my next question, um, better days. And um, yeah. who has been one of your biggest... Mm -hmm. Um, influential people in your life? I'm going to ask that first. And then what's been one of your biggest life lessons thus far? And how has your music career and personal life been affected due to COVID-19? Hmm. Let's see. My biggest inspiration, I could probably tackle that one first. Um, oh, gosh. Are we talking like, okay, I'll give you two. My biggest inspiration, definitely my dad. Um, he was, you know, my dad's really tall. He's like six foot eight, six foot nine. And I'm not that tall at all. Actually, I'm like the opposite of that. Like, like five foot seven. And uh, having my dad is like this huge, like, you know, figure in my life, like really, he's kind of like Jim Carrey, you know, he's got that like super bubbly personality, but he was also my principal growing up in high school. Um, so he like, and he was a pastor. So I was a pastor's kid and a principal's kid. And I definitely, you know, had that father figure, which, you know, I know a lot of people don't have. So I was just blessed to have that in my life. And he, you know, he and my mom both, um, you know, together were just always supporting me in everything I, you know, in everything I do. And they showed me like, honestly, they show me how to love people and what that looks like, you know? So they definitely have been my biggest inspiration, like family-wise. Now, if we're going the other direction, John Mayer, hands down, you know, I think many uh, young guitarists can attest for this. John Mayer is a, a legend. And uh, the first time I heard Room for Squares, no such thing. I think my dad like bootlegged the album off of like Napster, um, and I was listening to his iPod and I heard no such thing. And that's when I picked up the acoustic guitar. That was one of the first songs I learned, locked myself in my room for eight hours. And I just went hard in the paint and learned, uh, and learned that song. And, uh, uh, yeah. And then I had to find myself cause I was kind of copying him with, uh, some stuff I was doing. So then I had to become my own musician, which is, you know, the journey that I'm on now, but he's definitely my biggest inspiration. hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah. So can you tell us your biggest life lessons thus far? 
biggest life lessons. Wow. You know, I mean, you probably got, you probably got it more figured out than I do with your, uh, with your wisdom, you know, and your, in your age over there. I, I'm only 24, so I don't really know a lot yet, but I guess one thing I'm learning right now is not to react. Um, it's really easy to react in certain situations. I'm not saying like, don't feel your emotions. I'm not talking about that, but, um, you know, you could definitely control how you think, right? And for me, I definitely used to take everything personal, right? I would kind of base my moods off of other people's moods, if that makes sense. I'm very like outgoing and energetic. Um, so learning to kind of dial that down and go, hey, like the world doesn't revolve around me. It's not all about me. That person probably isn't thinking about me. So overthinking, being in my head too much and definitely reacting, like letting my emotions just come up really quickly and reacting to a certain situation and kind of keeping that down. You know, like like being a stoic, I guess, <laughs> as, as one could say. That's kind of like the biggest life lesson that I'm learning right now, you know, something that I'm going through right now. I love that you said that because as a musician, that can be the hardest thing that you're used to being judged or used to having to compare yourself to others or being able to read a room when you're in a studio, either in a writing session with other writers or producers. And so I think like just kind of checking yourself, doing an emotional check-in before stepping into a situation is important, but also being aware of the emotional attunement of the room. And like maybe someone else might be going through something else before they came to see you or or came to a session or came to a family, even like your family, your family can be going through something. And many times you'll want to rescue or support or just what can I be there? And or how can I be there to support you through this? And maybe you don't know what to say. And that can be the hardest thing. If Then we start almost enabling behaviors at times, or we get to the point where we're so energetic and, and putting all that out that you burn yourself out really quickly too. And that's just something to be aware of. A hundred percent. And, you know, I definitely struggled with like, I would like my feelings that I had, I would like put my feelings down and like put other people's feelings in front of mine, which is a great thing to do. But I did it like to, <laughs> to an extreme extent, you know, to where I would like, I would get lost, you know? Um, so kind of learning like, Oh, like self-care and, um, you know, that's, that was, that's definitely a big, life lesson I've been learning you know I agree with that and it kind of goes into the last part of that question um how has your personal life been affected due to COVID-19 yeah I you know I have been super blessed with my job and uh with the people who I've been around and going to church and everything you know I've been able to like I've been able to stay sh social safely, which has been awesome. Um, so as far as personal life goes, I mean, I think it's changed everybody, you know? And um, like for some people, like, hey, it's okay to stay inside and to not want to go out. It's okay to, you know, still like be on the fence about things because there's a lot of information out there and it's coming at you from both angles and it's like what do I believe you know some people are all over the place so for me like just really taking everything into perspective and going hey it's okay to relax it's okay to be alone right now 
and um, kind of learning that, um, if that if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it, it does. It does. I think you did a great job with those first questions. <laughs> Thanks. I'm I'm trying the best that I can, but uh, you know, it's uh, I definitely tend to talk a lot. So feel free to <laughs> interject anytime because I can go on a roll here. Oh, it's no problem. We like to hear you. So it kind of goes into another question I have for you. If you could describe your sound in one word, how would you describe your music? That's funny. I was talking to my sister about this the other day, actually. And I asked Maddie this question and she said, um, she said constant. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, dude, you're always mixing your music. You're always playing your music and it's always on. It's just constant, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but my sister would say constant. Um, I would say <laughs> like, I try to keep it. I try to keep it as soulful as possible. Now I know it's definitely pop. Um, and I definitely keep like a pop frame, you know, verse one, pre, you know, pre-chorus, chorus, verse two, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus and like you know chorus two or whatever so i definitely keep that like i definitely keep that song frame but i try to keep it as soulful as possible so i'm going with soulful is that your final answer <laughs> I, I think i'm gonna have to lock it in there <laughs> okay <laughs> i think i'm gonna have to lock it in there <laughs> well i would say if i chose a word for your music after listening to it i would say authentic uh, I like that better. I think I'm going to change my final answer to that one. Wait, no, you locked it in. You <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I that's I appreciate that a lot. It's been tough for me to find, you know, authenticity because uh, I try to sound like, you know, so many other artists that have inspired me and finding my own sound has been a struggle. So thank you. I appreciate that. Can I tell you something? This is a real good tip I want to give you. It's that- Please. When I go back and I think of me, because I'm a professional counselor, and I never wanted to be like any other counselor. My goal was I shadowed a lot of people in the field who've been in it for 20, 30 years for some, some who just started. And I just remembered walking in and I said, you know what, I'm going to be me. I'm already different walking in the door. There's not many male therapists that where I was, there wasn't many African-American therapists as well in the same building. So it was just like, I'm already walking into there being a minority, you know, quote unquote, in so many different ways. So I went into it saying, you know what? I'm going to be me. I'm going to, I'm not going to change the intonation or inflection of my voice. It's this is who it is. And hopefully they receive it. And just being myself and talking and co- being conversational, even like now, like what we're doing, it made it so much easier where I didn't feel pressured. And people I think can relate to that. And I think with music, it's the same thing. When I sit in a room and if I close my eyes, I want to be able to know that set I'm listening to. And I feel like when I hear you, I don't hear someone else. I hear something that's unique that stands out, that is, you know, impactful. That's what I hear. And I, that's why I said, I know you're beginning in your career, but I want you to always remember that. Yeah, I did. Thank you. You know, I think like one of the biggest misconceptions that I had growing up, like, because I definitely did counseling. I definitely had my, you know, fair share of doing therapy and I think it's definitely it's not a weakness admitting hey I need counseling <laughs> you know I and like anyone listening like if you need counseling like do it like get it like I did it and it definitely is not a weakness saying like hey I just need to talk to somebody about 
you know, what I'm going through. Cause I, I am there and I've been there and I, you know, I was there. I'm still there, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm thank you. I'm thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I know, especially for our younger generation and especially males, it's really hard to have a consistency of going to therapy and talking about issues. But I love, that's one thing I do love about what I do is that I can talk to people from different backgrounds, different ages, different, you know, sexes and be able to make a genuine connection. And that's what I love about this show. It's the same thing. It's like we have people from all over the world that come on this show, but they all have the same purpose to kind of talk about their experiences and to feel comfortable in sharing themselves. And I think that's the importance of, of the mark of a great counselor. And I think for those counselors out there, thank you guys for all that you do, the other ones, and especially some of my counselor friends who listen. You know, y'all do so much great work in this field, but people don't understand how much goes into it. The studying, the researching, the, the treatment team meetings that we have to have, and then the emotional toll of hearing what we hear and then trying not to personalize those situations and try not to be an advocate, but to be someone who stands beside you. And so I'm just so glad that you talked about that because I think that's something that helps you because music can be therapy, hearing and producing can be another form of sharing and expressing yourself. Yeah, one, you know, 100%. And, you know, I don't know, like, how, how deep you want to get here. But, um, you know, I think like my experience because I've had like, I've had like three different counselors. I've had a lot of different therapists, you know, and one thing that I learned about myself, which might go like back to that other question, you, you know, we were talking about, which is like, what's a life lesson you've learned or something, you know, you've learned about yourself, which is when I like meet somebody for the first time, like a therapist, I am like, here I am. Here's what I'm going through. This is, this is what is going on in my life. And, uh, these are the struggles that I'm having. Right. And I would do that. Like I would go into therapy and I would just be like, bang, 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 this is what's happening. And then as time went on, you know, I, I think like, as that therapist got to know me more, I would go back into my shell and I would, I, then I would, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't even be truthful in my sessions. I would just be like, like, they would ask me like, Hey, how are you doing on X and X? Right? Like, how are you doing on this? And I would just lie and be like, Oh, I'm doing fine. You know, because they started to knew me, they, they, you know, they started to learn about me more, um, which is something that I've learned about myself. Right. Which is, it's not afraid, like, don't be afraid to open up, um, you know, with people who really want to get to know you. And I don't know what that stems from you being a counselor. I don't know if you have any input on that, but that's something that I've learned, which I thought was really interesting. And it took me a while to figure out, to figure that out, you know? And, and it could be a yeah. lot of different things. Um, Seth, I think like a lot of time abandonment versus alienation plays a huge role for a lot of individuals yeah. um, of not knowing how to feel. And then when you do feel wanting to, to build a relationship. And so I think like for you, you made a good point of like, how do I actually find myself as a musician, but as a, as a human being? And so I'm just so glad that you're able. Exactly. All right. So I got another question for you. Yeah. Let's do it. All I'm right. ready. So if you have the opportunity. <laughs> okay. If you have the opportunity to perform with at any venue, you get to choose whatever venue you want. And you're going to be a headliner at this venue. Where would you actually go and what would be your closing song? 
Oh, that's a good one. Um, where would I go? You know, I would probably have to go to my home, like like my hometown uh, amphitheater where I watch, where I see most of my concerts, which is Shoreline Amphitheater. It's not like anything special, you know, um, but I grew up seeing everyone there, you know, One Republic, uh, Muse, John Mayer, just like all, all of my like, all the people I grew up listening to, that's where I saw them. And just like imagining myself playing on that stage would be like a total full circle. And if I were to end with any song, honestly, it would probably have to be, oh gosh, it would probably be You Somebody by Kings of Leon. Just like a total banger. I think I would end out, I would end out with that song. Even though it's a cover song, I probably wouldn't do it justice, but um, I would try to have an awesome band around me to help me. <laughs> You Somebody is one of my favorite songs. I love that one. I think if it was me, if I was closing out on a song. Yeah, which one would you do? Oh, there's a lot of songs I really, really like. I think a good closer for most people, or like My Heart Will Go On, which is a song I really love with Celine Dion. It's just something that it's a memory. And then just, mm. just imagining walking off stage and having them sing the last verse and then come back and end off on the, the song when they have, you know, the, crescendo and all that i just think that would be a good one another really good song that i i do like i love ed sheeran and i see fire is one of my favorite ed sheeran songs and um let me see i mean anything ed sheeran to be honest uh (laughs) and then my favorite artist is tori kelly and everybody who knows me knows how much i love tori kelly dude she's a local here from where i'm from um, if someone can get me in touch with Tori Kelly, that's all I keep asking about. Because that. that is someone yeah. who I love. I mean, I've seen her in concert a few times, but that is someone who I would love to be on a show and someone who I just admire. I mean, I, I followed her even before she made it on American Idol. So I just know her career wow. really, really well and have supported all her music before her album. And just, I love to see where she is now. So I think if I had to choose a Tori Kelly song, it would be Paper Hearts. Oh yeah, for sure. She's got this crazy cover of PYT on YouTube, which I'm guessing you probably know. Uh, of course I know that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm pretty sure you know the part I'm talking about, that run that she does. I think it's yeah, like, the run that she oh does. My it's the riff. Dude, it's insane. <laughs> I literally, oh um, my, when I first heard that, my world was shook. I was like, this is like unbelievable, you know? When I tell you she did that on tour and I was like trying to do the run myself, I was like, that is, I mean, she's even better on tour than she is um, on her record. Like she got, um, I saw her in Dallas and I saw her in Arkansas, but in Dallas, she got on the guitar. She got started playing the drums. I mean, I thought she was going to start crowd surfing at one point. Like she was just in a zone. She did all my favorite songs like Treasure. I'm going even far back. That's one of my favorite songs. Um, should have been us. I mean, it was just, she was just going, dear no one. I was like, wow. I was just like, it happened. Dear no one. <laughs> Dude, I remember watching that music video when I was, when I was, you know, back in the day. That was, uh, that was a fun time. <laughs> you it know, was. so yeah, yeah, Tori Kelly would be, I'd be like, hey, you know what? I don't even have to sing. I just want to sit up there and let you do it. And I could just sit up here and just be like, okay, I'm in heaven. <laughs> she, dude, she, so there's a camp that um, we go to. It's called Hume Lake. And it's a camp that we have here. Um, it's like this Christian camp. And, you know, Tori Kelly grew up Christian and all that stuff. So she would come to that camp and um, she would like sing and like hang out with everyone that was there. I never went 
to Hume Lake, um, a lot of my friends would go and hang out with her and, you know, she would be there and hang out with the kids and all that stuff, which was just awesome, you know, because I think she, I forgot what city she's in, but I, I know she's in the Bay Area here, but I forgot, I forgot what city she was born and raised in. I don't remember. Now I'm I'm gonna beat myself up because I yeah. know it in my brain it just like it's it's taking a pause, but I know what city yeah, she was born yeah, yeah. in. And then she she comes from so many different ethnicities as well. Like I mean, I just love who she is and what she represents. So I, I really Tori Kelly, that would be a closer for me. And then another person, the late great Prince. I mean, there's just nothing. I mean, if Prince was still here, just oh, yeah. hearing Purple Rain one more time, like just amazing, amazing artist. Prince, I just heard there was a song that he wrote. The uh, I I heard. Oh my gosh! Now it's I I might forget it. I don't know if I remember it. But there's a song that he wrote, super famous. I mean, he's wrote he's written so many songs that he hasn't, you know, even performed or he doesn't sing on them. Like he's an he's an amazing songwriter himself. And uh, I was listening to one of his songs the other day, and I just found out that Prince wrote it, and I was like, oh dude, that's awesome. But it's slipping my mind. Yeah, like your John Mayer, which I love John Mayer as well, is like me with Prince. Like, it's just like, just wow. master class. Like, just the human being that he was and and that he didn't care. Like, and I love that he was a boss. Like, he was like, hey, I don't need someone else to rule what I'm doing. I'm going to get in here and do all the instruments, all the arranging. Like, he just literally was amazing. Yeah. amazing. I mean, the Super Bowl halftime show in the rain while singing Purple Rain. Like, I think that video's yeah. got like, 300 million views on youtube or something like that yeah i mean just just insane insane so i have one other question for you Seth. i'm ready can you tell our listeners where can they find you online and what is next for you oh find me online instagram definitely seth lopez music i'm huge on instagram i do tiktok which is also seth lopez music i'm definitely more active on instagram i should probably figure out a way to get on tiktok but um instagram 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 spotify to you know seth lopez apple music all the streaming services um what's next well i just started kind of advertising my music like literally the when you reached out to me that was like the first like that was like the first week of me like really trying to advertise my music so what's next is you know i'm trying to figure out what a good like strategy is for you know building my music career um but what's next for the viewers uh i got some i got some tunes coming your way let me tell you i got a lot in the bag that i'm excited to share you know and um i do it all in my room i have help from some producers with the instrumentals but i do all of my songwriting and i do uh most of the mixing myself in my room and then send it off to someone to master so i got some songs in the bag that are coming get ready <laughs> well i'm ready i'm excited and <laughs> i'm grateful that you're on the show i think Seth, that you did an amazing job and you guys this is Seth's first time on a podcast so we're really excited to have him here <laughs> it's been so much fun i've always had a dream of like doing this and like and then like listening to it back and going oh my gosh like i'm on a podcast so <laughs> this is this is a dude. I'm so thankful for this opportunity to get to do this with you. And it's been so easy to talk to you and it's just been super fun. Well, it's been a pleasure of mine too. I love meeting new people and I love sharing 
your light with others. And I think like, that's one thing I get from you is not only a humble nature to you, but also that you have a positive light. And so I think that's going to help you in your career. You continue to be who you are and continue to remember where you came from and keep those supportive members in your family and friends around you. Don't let the hype and what other people are trying to sell you and push you down a certain road. Don't allow that to dictate what you know is there. Like if you know you are talented and amazing as you are, and, and it goes back to Tori Kelly, like she was performing in her, you're doing YouTube videos in a room and just having other people with her or by herself and look at her now. So I just feel like if you just continue to remember where you came from and working toward those goals, Seth, I think the sky's the limit for your career. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That that means a lot. You know, it's fun getting, you know, starting off and we'll see where this goes, you know, and I could definitely say like, this is the first podcast, you know, this is where it started. There we go. <laughs> so when, when I say, Hey, when I see Seth on TV, playing with John Mayer, I'm like, you know what? That was Seth on my <laughs> show. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm giving you a shout out every time. <laughs> I'll be like, man, you know, even if I'm dead and going at a certain point and I don't get a chance to see this, I hope that somebody remembers how amazing this moment was. Because I really think this was an authentic moment. Like we talked about authenticity earlier. I think that you really have been yourself and that is what makes your music amazing. And people are going to really, hopefully you guys y'all go start streaming his music, go follow him and stream the music. Because I think he has a lot of talent and hopefully this will lead to some bigger things in the future. Man, I wish we were doing this in person so you could see my smile. I've, I've been cheesing this whole time. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Seth. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Thank you again, Seth, for being here. And I cannot wait to have you back on Space Between very soon so you can sing live and we can hear your voice. Thanks for having me. This has been just a great experience. Just awesome. Th thanks again oh, so great you're welcome and we'll talk soon and i will keep you posted and we'll have you back very soon next time we'll uh next time we'll hear more about you no you don't want to hear that <laughs> <laughs> I did awesome okay all right you have a great evening <laughs> you too thanks again okay all right bye, bye. Oh, oh, oh.